Hello everyone, welcome to another Artist Spotlight with Chimera Theatre. I'm your host, Brooke Ballum, and uh, switching things up a little bit this month, joining me is Lori Seeley. And what did you say your title was again? Uh, therapist and Consultant for Therapy Works. Yeah, uh, Lori is the one who, I'm, from what I understand, approached us with the idea of doing therapeutic theatrics. Right, so uh, did therapeutic theatrics with uh, stage one and did improvable with Chimera. Oh, okay. Can you uh, describe what those both are for sure. people who may not know? Yeah, so Therapeutics Theatrics is basically a program for children who have what we call social communication disorders. So um, kids who have autism spectrum disorders or anxiety, uh, have difficulty in social situations, learning disabilities, ADHD, that kind of, of thing that ha gives them problems interacting with other kids. And that's a program that focuses on acting skills as a way to build social skills. So understanding facial expression, being able to read it, being able to express it, using body language, learning about vocal intonation and how that comes into play when you're when you're interacting with other kids. So that's kind of the therapeutic theatric side. And then Improbable is a program that takes those skills and then extends them into other areas. So with the Improbable program, we look at helping those same kids with those same challenges to uh, become more spontaneous, um, to be more flexible in the way that they think about things, to read their partner and then build on that interaction and extend conversations. So I think improv is kind of like perfectly set to be able to do all of that because I know when I practice it, <laughs> that's what I have to pay attention to. Was there an event that made you realize that art could really help with this kind of therapy? A couple of things actually. So I've been in the business for way longer than I usually like to admit, but 30 years. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked with kids uh, really, really early in my career and did a lot of play-based work with kids and, and did creative and expressive arts as part of my therapy interventions with kids. I worked a lot with kids with developmental problems and learning disabilities, behavior problems, and that's the kind of work that I did with them. And so it was just kind of natural to flow into other areas of expressive approaches with kids. But I also have a child myself who's on the spectrum. And he was registered in a youth theater program in Salmon Arm. And I remember sitting in the audience one day where the director was coaching him on what would it feel like and what would it look like if you were angry at that character right now what would your face look like and and I just I sat there and I thought this is amazing for my kid this is exactly what he needs to be able to grow in the areas where he really struggles and he actually did grow a lot and it was really exciting so I kind of did a lot of research into whether that was actually something that had evidence to be beneficial for kids with those problems and there's lots out there. There's lots of literature out there about using theater-based approaches to help kids with needs. Yeah, so that's kind of the two events that led me here. 
Well, that makes sense. How did you get into contact with Chimera Theater? Or how did you hear of us? I think the first time was probably at a Project X event, and there was likely a Project X versus Freudian Slips uh, thing that yeah, happened, I think maybe? there was, yeah, in the summer. Yeah, and so I I went to that, and or or maybe the year before there was something that I went to that Chimera was doing improv in, and and I realized that it was fun. I had a great time. Um, I started to follow Chimera on Facebook just to see when, or Freudian slips on Facebook to see where those events were coming up. So that happened. And then um, one of my former classmates from 30-some years ago who was <laughs> in my occupational therapy program, her son started an um, improv program for kids on the spectrum. And then I thought, hmm, that's kind of interesting too. So it was sort of like two things coming together at the same time. And I started to go to Freudian Slips events and... Uh, met it, met Jess through therapeutic theatrics, and it just kind of moved from there. So, you actually also started attending our drop-in improv. I did <laughs> classes too. Was that uh, was that just to see what we were all about, or did yeah, you have a secret so... passion? <laughs> I don't. I don't think it was a secret passion. I don't think I ever had any intent to actually participate. I think, you know, the first time I went out, I thought, I just want to go and, and check out what happens in a class because there's obviously some stuff that they're going to do in a class that that I can then think about how would that apply to working with the kids that we work with. That was my whole intent, but I think from the first class, I was like, this is kind of fun. I think I will jump in, but my intent was just to sit and be a wallflower and, and watch. I mean, it was super intimidating to go to a class for the first time. I didn't do drama in school. I've never done anything related to theater at any point in my life. So um, that was new ground for me. And uh, But, you know, I realized that it's a lot of fun and I'm not a pro, so no one expects me to be a pro. So I can just fly with it, really. Well, that's improv. You just show up and have fun, <laughs> and you suck sometimes. <laughs> that's what happens. So with the improv as a therapy tool, mm -hmm. uh, have you seen any like huge success stories or like like tangible success so far? Yeah, yeah, actually. So, um, and we actually just mentioned one in an article that we did um, for Camlips this week which was around one of the kids that we had in one of the programs. First day he came in, he was so close. His head hung down. Um, he didn't want to say too much. He looked afraid. And basically, I wasn't sure that he was going to engage in the program through the course of the nine weeks that we ran it. But through the program he kind of started to open up and he connected with the other kids in the class which to me is great like that's part of what we want to have come out of it and he became one of the strongest character improvers that we had in the program and uh, and just really shone with that right it was really quite cool to see how much he grew 
Um, and then at the end, we do have a little event where we then get to showcase the games that the kids participate mm -hmm. in. And we had, uh, we were really hopeful that it would be, you know, that opportunity for his family to see what happened for him. It was in, it was too intimidating to have that many people there for him, so he shut down a bit again. But I followed up with him later, and he and I were able to share what that program meant for him with his parents. And he was super proud about being kind of um, his story being shared in the paper. We didn't mention any names, but he was excited that we were talking about his growth. He was excited when I came and talked with him and his parents about that. And for that, that boy and where he was at when he arrived at the program uh, and was struggling in all areas in his life, that was a pretty amazing thing for him. And I have another um, story that a family member shared with me about a fellow who also really reserved, super shy kid. When I first met with him, he hid behind a chair for most of the time that I was there. And um, by the end of the program, his mom came to me and said, you know, he's developed a lot more confidence. And he actually got him up in front of the school today and shared a presentation in the assembly at school, which in a 10 week period of time is extremely remarkable for someone like that. What are the biggest struggles you've encountered? I think probably the biggest struggle is if you're doing a program in a group setting like we are with the therapeutic theatrics and the improv program, you can't always predict who who you're going to have in your group um, and what how they're going to show up, right? So the biggest struggle sometimes is if you have a child who has difficulty being in a group setting, one person can really take the group in a different direction than you anticipated it going and you can spend a lot of energy trying to manage that so that everybody else still has a good experience. So that's a struggle. I think that there's still, we've, we've, we've had that with with a couple of the groups where we've had maybe one or two kids that were really difficult to manage in a group setting. Um, I think we still had a good experience for the group overall and I think those kids still had some benefit but I think if you had everybody who had a little bit more similar ability um, it's, it becomes a different experience for them. What have you been most surprised by? I guess I'm most surprised by how much fun it is. So it's still a therapy group. There's, mm -hmm. We're still there because we're trying to help kids develop skills that they're really struggling in. And, and therapy, I think, you know, I come from a rehab background originally. Um, therapy has been hard for people. Sometimes it's painful and sometimes it's uncomfortable and things like that, but this, is fun and this is and this is probably the most joy I've had as a clinician in over 30 years of practice this is the most fun thing I've ever done in my career why do you think it's so effective I think that's part of it because it's fun people don't realize that they're actually developing skills in the midst of laughing and being goofy and silly and and just going with something 
Um, so I think that's a big part of it. I think that improv and, and theater in general is just a really natural way for kids to learn and practice skills that they wouldn't necessarily have an opportunity to practice. So a lot of social skills training is kind of this rote, um, and depending on, on how what the theoretical model is that somebody has where they're doing the, the therapy with a child, it can be a lot of really rote, repetitive kind of stuff um, that is not necessarily in a situation where it'll generalize really well, but with improv, you're even though you're not in that real world situation where you're sitting on a park bench talking to somebody, <laughs> you have lots of opportunity to practice social skills just by the nature of trying to interact with your fellow improvers. And so it's building on the skills in a real way, at the same time it's practicing it in a, in a less real situation. So I think that's a big part of what makes it effective. As far as you doing improv, are you surprised by how fun it is just to play the games themselves? Because you said it was intimidating at first. It was. And you still show up to drop in every Sunday. <laughs> yeah, and I'm disappointed. Drop in is stopping because it's actually become a really important part of my week. I think it's, I mean, I, I laugh a lot. It's such a de-stressor. I mean, the job that I'm in during the day, so outside of what I do with, with working with kids, the job I do in the day is pretty high pressure. Mm -hmm. um, I find that when I go to improv and I can just kind of do whatever, um, I forget about all of the stress that I had for the week. It's such a release. So, yeah, I have a lot of fun with it, even though... There are many days where I suck, or I ask somebody to um, stunt double reading a menu. <laughs> but that's improv, though. Improv is sometimes you say the wrong thing, instant forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. You know that. I know that. You've said it enough. <laughs> Do you find it's easy to understand why you're doing things when you're playing the games? Like, what they help you learn? Well, I think a lot of that comes from my professional background. So when you're trained as an occupational therapist, you're actually trained to look at every activity and break it down into what's involved physically, what's involved emotionally, and what's involved mentally. So I can look at an improv game and say, oh, well, that one would be really good for blah, blah, blah. Like For me, that's kind of second nature. There's been a couple of games where... And off the top of my head, I can't remember which ones, but we've done them in group before, and I sit back and think, well, there aren't a lot of skills that are directly applicable to what our objectives are for this program right now, but we'll just go with it because not everything has to be bang on every time, and we're having fun with it, and it will bridge and link to the other activities we do. But What would you say, and this is like totally off the therapy thing, what would you say is your favorite improv game? To watch or to do? Both. All right. I think to do, I like Mime It Down the Alley a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I just do. You it's... like competition, don't you? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There's something exciting about it. Um, and I think to watch, the bus one is always... 
depending on who's doing it, right? The bus one can be really great. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a Don't fun one to do. Don't take that one personally. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> it's a fun one to do and a fun one to watch, I imagine. So. I'm trying to think. There's a few that... I don't know that there's any that I don't enjoy. So moving on from that, uh, what improv game do you find helps the most in the therapy? So it often depends on the type of goal we're kind of mm -hmm. targeting at that point. But So Park Bench is a good example. With Park Bench, um, we, give, we often will give the kids either an emotion that they're sharing, right, or a specific scenario character that they have to be for Park Bench. And I think the thing that I like with that one for the group is that, first off, everyone who's a character has to figure out how to embody that character. So that, And they usually have to do it with nonverbal communication, which can be a real struggle for kids who have social communication disorders, figuring out how to convey and communicate without using words. Um, so that one's good for the kids who are in the scene themselves. And then the way that it works for the kids who are kind of in the audience is they have to pay attention to what's going on because we then engage them to try and figure out what the story is. So, um, so it's good feedback for the kids around this person was trying to um, convey that they were in love, for instance, and, and all of their behaviors were um, trying to demonstrate that. So if the audience is way off base, then they get that instant feedback about, um, no, in fact, they were trying to do this. And so it's an opportunity for them to reflect on what part of it they were paying attention to. And so sometimes in a in a therapeutic sense, you can stop it at that moment and say to have a debrief around what people were seeing. I might have that conversation with kids outside of the group, um, but it's it's good in the sense that it's working to figure that out for both the audience members and the kids who are in the scene. So that's one example. So, Lori, I usually end these off with what advice would you have for people who want to follow in your career footsteps? I haven't talked about your career a whole lot, so it, this question's a little bit different, but for, say, parents of kids with social communication uh, issues who may or may not be interested in art as a form of therapy, what advice would you have for them? So I, I think um, it's, it's hard for parents to kind of figure out where to go if they don't have access to a lot of resources for therapy itself. But the nice thing about using art, using theater-based approaches or those sorts of things is you can actually do that in a with your kids in a way that is low in cost. You don't have to be their therapist. You can just kind of do things with them that help to enhance those skills. So if parents learn what some of the improv games are, they can do those as a fun way with their kid at dinner or something like that. And um, a good example of this is when I went out to visit a child just before this last group that we started, um, to demonstrate what we were going to do in the group, we played one-word game. Just the parents, the child and I, played a few rounds of one-word game to kind of get into the swing of things. And, and so it was 
nice in the sense that I then thought that that was a tool that the family could take away and they could do with that child on their own. They didn't need to send him to a program to play that particular game. And there's other tools from improv that people could just naturalistically do with their kids. So it's simple and accessible. Absolutely, yeah. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to sit in your office and interrogate you. <laughs> Thanks for allowing me to share about it. Yeah. No, it's much like all of these, I love listening to people that are passionate about a certain subject. So I hope I uh, allowed you to express that. You did. Thanks. Uh, for our listeners, as you know, there will be a Chimera podcast on the 15th, a Lettuce Talk uh, around the 24th, the 26th, and another Artist Spotlight at the first of next month. But for now, until next time, practice makes perfect and Chimera makes podcasts.